let me start with some lines from Savitri. Too many things happening at the same time. But there is one central focus. This is from Book 2, Canto 11, page 276. Ashupati has gone through the entire range of the greater mind. He has seen and scanned the empyreans of thought. He has felt the flashing lights of revelation, experienced the arc of intuition. And at the end of it, this is what he has to tell us. This is Shurabindo telling us, it is also a take-home point. The one take-home point, if you wish, but thought nor word can seize eternal truth. But thought nor word can seize eternal truth. The whole world lives in a lonely ray of her sun. In our thinking's close and narrow lamp-lit house, the vanity of our shut mortal mind dreams that the chains of thought have made her ours. But only we play with our own brilliant bonds. Thus is it even with the seer and sage. For still the human limits the divine. Which is what we must do out of our thoughts. We must leap up to sight. Breathe her divine illimitable air. Her simple, vast supremacy confess. Dare to surrender to her absolute. It's the most courageous of us to surrender. It requires truly, if one may paraphrase Iroda's letter, the heart of a lion to surrender. Dare to surrender to her absolute. Then the unmanifest reflects his form in the still mind as in a living glass. The timeless ray descends into our hearts and we are wrapped into eternity. The first lesson of life and the last lesson and many micro lessons in between, if you really look very closely, unbiased, impartial is the lesson of surrender. When the baby is born, even before the birth, what does the baby do? What effort it makes to survive? It doesn't even know what is survival. It has no idea of all these things. 
It simply follows the path that opens up for it. That's all. The path is a dark and narrow passage to begin with. It opens into a world that is at once dangerous and charming. It knows nothing of its nature. It has no idea what's going to happen. And yet there are arms waiting to receive, to nurture, to nourish, to help it to grow. This is the lesson of surrender. As it grows through life, it is taught to plan, all of us, to execute according to an order, according to reason, according to thought. All of us who have gone beyond the age of 25 and even before, how many unpredictable twists and turns took in the scheme of fate, we all know. Turns which we had neither anticipated, nor planned, nor willed. Turns that sometimes took us to difficult and dangerous situations. Turns which opened absolutely new doors out to the unknown for us. This is the lesson of life. And then, as we go towards what is called as an old age, is a bad term, but we are rich in experience, we have known life, we have seen its shades, colors, hues, the dark shadows that stare from the night and the luminous points that attract us. At the end of it all, all our knowledge, all our planning, all our wisdom fails. So what do we do again? We surrender and we hope and wait and expect that just as there were arms waiting at this side to receive us, there are arms waiting on the other side to receive us and carry us through the passage, the dark and perilous passage called death into a greater wideness of eternal life. Life, death, death, life are opposites. But now, say the sages, but now with new discoveries, we have new pages. And what are these new pages? That life only is and death is a moment surprise. That's all. Death is a passage, just as a baby is born, is born through a passage. This passage is stifling. When it takes birth, it breathes the divine, illimitable air. So too this new world which is being born, it's being born through a passage. We read other day the line, digging a tunnel through emergency, hell is a shortcut. To heaven's gate, digging a tunnel through emergency. So probably the divine had seen that if this world is left to human beings, <laughs> what is going to happen? So he is digging a tunnel through emergency, this new world which is born. 
doesn't know we in whom this new consciousness is born don't know anything about it. It doesn't matter. We know one lesson which we have learned from the old world because the principle applies surrender. In one of Sri short letters he says surrender is the beginning surrender is the path surrender is the goal and the end of yoga. Surrender to whom? So he makes it more clear the mother is the way and the mother is the goal. If she is attained all is attained. Then he makes it even more clear all is contained in this one single advice. If there is one take home point very difficult to take this point home because we are we mother is mother we can lead our life our own way we can take something from her she doesn't mind she has just come to pour her heart of love upon creation if creation receives it so beautiful if it wants to go its way even that is beautiful all is her glory and her grace. But we can make a choice. The mother and of course Sri Ramakrishna Paramahansa and, of, and the Gita and the Bible all these in their own ways have said that there are two paths of yoga. One of tapasya and one of surrender. The path of tapasya is like the, as Ramakrishna said, and Mother has of course quoted it and said this is very true, is like the baby monkey who holds to the mother monkey by his own efforts. The day he leaves, by chance, if the mother monkey suddenly takes a big leap and he is frightened or leaves, he falls and crushes all his limbs. We read other day, thus might a pilgrim on the eternal road fall down, forfeiting his lonely chance in time. And then Shirobindo telling us what is the safety? Only were safe who kept God in their hearts. So one is the path of tapasya. It's very nice if one can do it. <laughs> but it's very difficult. It is not just sitting in meditation for some time or taking some image or some concentration. Path of tapasya, if you really read through mother's writings, it's not tapasya is not about wearing certain clothes and starving the body and torturing it. The fourfold tapasya of this yoga, tapasya of knowledge, tapasya of love and beauty, even tapasya of beauty, tapasya of power. Is it easy to have beauty and refinement in all our thoughts, feelings, sensations, inwardly, outwardly? To love only the divine, to expect nothing from this world, from anyone, for this world to have just a universal goodwill, 
But for all one's needs of love and the varied demands of love and the use of relationship, for everything to turn exclusively to the divine. Is it easy? Tapasya of love. Sounds simple. Tapasya of sensations. Tapasya of power. To have complete inner control and to conserve all energies and turn it upward to the divine. This is the tapasya of power. Tapasya of knowledge, not to think of anything but the divine. To speak only that much which is useful for the divine work. Not to speak a single word that is untrue, which is not inspired by the divine. If you just practice it for one hour, that I am going to think nothing, say nothing, feel nothing, which will take me away from the Divine Presence. Just try it, not one hour, half an hour. In every yoga there is a rule, a guidance. In this yoga, what is the rule and guidance? What should you do and what you should not do? Proscriptions and prescriptions. Yama and Niyama, the right and wrong. Sri gives one simple rule. What is that? He says, always behave as if the mother was looking at you. For indeed, she is always present. We can try it just half an hour of our life to be constantly conscious of our presence. He's looking at us. Every thought that comes must pass through that screen. Every feeling that arises passes through that screen. Every will, impulsion, it's very difficult. So, there is a simple way and the simple way is the path of surrender. The rules of the game change. The baby monkey does not hold the mother monkey, but the mother cat holds the baby cat in its mouth. What has the baby cat to do? Just say, ma, ma, ma. That's the only thing it knows. And the mother cat dangles it in its mouth and carries from branch to branch. Even teaches how to jump a cliff. Teaches 50 times. Mother documents how she has seen a baby cat teach its young one 50 times how to leap across from various angles. And finally she even gives a push. Hard push. And she documents a very beautiful story where when there was a particular cat in the ashram, she did a lot of experiments with cat. When she gave birth to three kittens, the first thing it did was to pick them up and one by one she put them at mother's feet. And we say we are intelligent. <laughs> this is intelligence. That if we find one of our children going towards the divine, we will say this is not the age. Do it later. But cats know. <laughs> Better. <laughs> we have really abysmal stupidity of nature. So there is a simple way and this simple way is a delightful way. When in the Gita, 
Arjuna asked Sri Krishna, what is the difference between men who follow the path of knowledge and those who follow this path which you are describing? So he says, uh, you know, ultimately even those who go through knowledge, I am the one behind it because they can't climb a peak, but they don't know it. So, first of all, the path of knowledge becomes very difficult. Pantha, Duratya. And if at all you reach, eventually you reach me only. At the end there is no choice but to surrender. <laughs> but he says the other path which I am telling you is a path which is shorter and full of delight. And this surrender in Shurabindo, in the mother's context, someone asked Shurabindo that do we have to surrender to the mother or to the supramental force? <coughs> this question, people have asked all these questions. Thanks to them. Otherwise, you know, it would have been our opinion and somebody's opinion. Shri says, the surrender has to be to the mother and not to the force. One doesn't surrender to the force. Force is force. It's impersonal, universal and we don't know what force. We may think we are surrendering to the supramental force and end up surrendering either to our own ego or to the vital. This is the crucial problem of sadhana. We want to hold to our ego individuality. We cling, cling, cling. That's what the mother says. One mantra is do not cling. In fact, she says, even those who say they cling, it's so difficult. And the only way, the safest way, the shortest way, the swiftest way to get rid of this clinging is to give oneself completely and unreservedly to the mother, her work, her service, then the center is right, the heart is in the right place and so is the head and the will. So what happens is, one is always having a compass needle which never lets one go stray. If one has difficulties, the mother. If one is in a good state, don't get distracted. If all happiness and success is abounding you, the mother. If people say you are an idiot, mother. If people say you are very intelligent, the mother. Human opinions are worthless. The only thing of worth is what the divine thinks and feels and believes of us. You have a very beautiful experience. Don't get lost into its bhoga and start telling everybody, you know, I had such a lovely experience. The mother. She is the goal. This experience is not the goal. We are not here for having some ecstatic experiences. <laughs> they will come and go. And a time will come when it will be difficult to get rid of experiences. <laughs> when Nirodha came for the first time to Ashram, he came from the West and he had no inkling for yoga, but somehow, you know, he came, he knew the Lipkumar Rai and he comes in suit, boot and everything. If those of you have gone to ashram, know the ashram dress code. <laughs> if there is a code at all. <laughs> Dressed in suit, he has to meet the mother. He's a little nervous. I don't know anything about spirituality. And mother, if she asked me about yoga, tantra, vedanta. What am I going to say? It, I'll just cut a sorry figure. So he goes to mother and one hour mother meets him, she asks him about his job, his work, his profession, nothing about yoga, no instruction, meditate, do this, do that, 
She just asked then, so will you come again? Or perhaps she has come again. Just that. That's it. So he goes, oh, it's okay, it was easy, you know, the interview was not tough. He doesn't even know whether he is through or not through. He, in fact, he didn't even want anything special. There was nothing like I want to join the ashram or anything. So he goes and he sits in the train when he has to depart. And suddenly he is amazed because whichever side he turns, he sees her face. So Nirodha describes, see, this is the sign in Gita of a durlavsa mahatma chidurlava. Vasudevam sarvamiti. And look how simply this experience came to him. As if, just like to a child, you want this, take it. He didn't even ask for it. And then he sees her on all sides. This is a real experience with open eyes he's seeing. A medical doctor trained in England and you know all these. He's wondering what is happening. So much so that a time comes he says, Why don't you leave me? <laughs> because he's so much overwhelmed by the experience. And then the experience fades away. So, yoga is not about having experiences. When you have experiences, the mother. She gives it, she takes it. Realizations, the mother. When they fade away, the mother. If people come into our lives, remember, don't struggle with them. Remember the goal the mother. Things will happen the way they must. When people are difficult, don't bother the mother. Keep just oriented. There's a compass needle and this must go on till the entire consciousness is completely settled and dwelling in her. One is that she is in me, the other is in her. Those lines we read, the formless, a burning love from white spiritual founts Enal the sorrow of the ignorant depths. Suffering was lost in an immortal smile. A face revealed the crowded infinite. The formless and the formed were joined in her. Incarnating inexpressibly in her limbs. The boundless joy the blind world forces seek. Her body of beauty moon the seas of bliss. In her, confirmed because transformed in her. This is what is the whole process of yoga. To be confirmed in her. So deeply to be established in her. That nothing can shake us out of that. That is the only joy, the only reward, the only ecstasy if one likes the only peace, the only, only, only everything. This is the straight and sunlit path to yoga. There is the other path. The endless wanderings and meanderings of the suns. And earth wheeled, abandoned in the hollow gulfs. There is the other path. Across the aeon serpentine. We are born, we die, we are born again. And then we carry on the journey of life. We are unsure what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. This is the other path. One is free to choose. There is no compulsion. But we must know the choice should be conscious. It, we should not be led by the cosmic forces that choose for us. 
Usually when we say I have chosen the cosmic forces, if we hear the cry of our soul, it is always recognizes the divine and its will is to surrender to the divine, to love the divine. That is the only reason why it is here. There is no other reason. What all this experience which we are hearing about, such a beautiful, which all of us are feeling, why it is there? Can we really pinpoint to any single thing? It's just that there is an atmosphere which is just surrounded by her. And because she is present, because every one of us, from of course, Hasmukbhai and Gitadi and all the entire Rama family, everybody and the little children behind the scene and um, Julian, Wendy, Dakshina quietly sitting with the bookstore and all of us here, basically we are bathed in that consciousness and because that consciousness is created, from within the psychic comes out. Whether you do this or do that, whether you play volleyball, in, one is feeling so much overwhelmed by her from all sides. So the psychic comes out because that's what it wants. Suddenly it says, Hiran Bhai said, you crave for that. And when you find it, suddenly it comes out. You don't have to do anything for coming out of the psychic. Create an environment, it will come out. Don't create an environment within nature, outside it will go within because it doesn't want to participate in all the nonsense and stupidities of life. So this is like a little token kind of uh, thing that we can experience. And if we can live in that, it's difficult because the world is very differently constituted. But if we can live in that love, by that love, remain focused, whatever helps us to remain in contact with her, reading a book, remembering her, or simply playing with a child, whatever brings us in contact with her, it doesn't matter what technique, process, but the central point is, is it helping me to come in contact with her? That's it. It may be going to ashram, visiting Matri Mandir, Aravil, Samadhi, in home, standing before a picture, concentrating in the heart, taking a mantra, <laughs> meeting someone. It's all nothing but playthings. The real thing is her. If one is settled in her, all else is taken care of. So my special thanks is to feel this atmosphere. I can't I'm sure everybody thanks for that and I tell you, I mean, I have, I feel tears in my eyes when you move out of Pondicherry, you miss that physical presence and you crave for that. It's not that one doesn't want to come out, but it's like you're missing your mother's physical touch and throughout the journey, because it's a different atmosphere, you know, your whole consciousness is Shaken, you call her, you dwell in her, but this is one place. I really, sincerely, from my depth, have this gratitude that you create an environment that you are, ah, I'm in her physically. Inwardly, one can be in her. And of course, some of the houses I visited in New York, I must thank for that, for that atmosphere. Can't speak. I'll, I'll uh, continue what you just said. Last few nights we heard a lot of Quran and Upanishad. Today, right now, it was a climax with Matra Upanishad. I would say it is the Upanishad of the New Age. I don't know. 
I'll end with these lines from the mother. It's a little passage which comes toward the end of the mother. It's again a reminder and the path of yoga. <clears throat> I'm sorry. If you desire this transformation, put yourself in the hands of the mother. And her powers without cavil or resistance. And let her do unhindered her work within you. We should not question how she is carrying us. Which path? All paths are her paths. If she is taking us this way, that way, just remember she is carrying. It's her journey. It's not our journey. The Divine is much more interested in us than we are interested in Him. We create problems, not He. He is more keen to reveal Himself and therefore He is preparing the nature at jet speed that this nature which is built of ignorance cannot see me but wants to see me. Our eyes are not constituted like that to see them. So she is doing everything in human nature to receive that boundlessness. We are so small. That's Thank you. <clears throat> so what we need to have is three things you must have. Consciousness, plasticity, unreserved surrender. So first she develops consciousness in us. Plasticity. Not insisting things should happen this way or that way. and They will happen in their own time, in their own way, the way she chooses. And surrender. For you must be conscious in your mind and soul and heart and life and the very cells of your body. I was saying physically. Aware of the mother and her powers and their working. For although she can and does work in you even in your obscurity and your unconscious parts and moments. It is not the same thing as when you are in an awakened and living communion with her. So we have to grow conscious of her. All your nature must be plastic to her touch. Not questioning as the self-sufficient ignorant mind questions and doubts and disputes and is the enemy of its enlightenment and change. Atme vatmano bandhu atmane viripuratmana We are our own enemies. There is no enemy outside. She comes to pour a heart of love and we ask is it really love? Why are you loving us? Are you really divine? She is giving herself unconditionally to creation. So who does? We close our doors. Not insisting on its own movements as the vital in man insists. We have to subordinate the vital freedom and the mental freedom to her freedom. And persistently opposes its refractory desires and ill will to every divine influence. Not obstructing and entrenched in incapacity, inertia and tamas. As man's physical consciousness obstructs and clinging to its pleasure in smallness and darkness. Cries out against each touch that disturbs its soulless routine or its dull sloth or its torpid slumber. The unresolved surrender of your inner and outer being will bring this plasticity into all the parts of your nature. 
what will be the result? The whole sadhana is an efflorescence from inside. Nothing is to be done but to remember and surrender to her. What will develop? Automatically, consciousness will awaken everywhere in you by constant openness to the wisdom and light, the force, the harmony and beauty, the perfection that come flowing down from above. When Niroda asked Shivabindu, what is the central secret of this sadhana? Shivabindu said, there are two secrets. Op- psychic openness to the mother. And then he stopped. So he said, what is the other secret? He said, aspiration for the divine life. Because one can open with different aspirations that just mother protect me. So for this sadhana, there is an additional aspiration for the divine life. Even the body will awake and unite at last. Look at the language. Is this, what language is this? We are talking of supramental yoga and physical transformation. Even the body, it will feel the difference of her touch and another touch. It will develop aspiration, rejection and surrender just like the inner consciousness. Saying even the body will awake and unite at last its consciousness subliminal no longer to the supramental superconscious force. Feel all her powers permeating from above and below and around it and thrill to a supreme love and ananda. The word of caution he gives. But be on your guard. What is it that we have to guard? But be on your guard. This is one thing Shabindu is telling us which is to be guarded utmost. There are so many other things. But one thing, be on your guard and do not try to understand and judge the Divine Mother by your little earthly mind that loves even that loves to subject even the things that are beyond it to its own norms and standards. Everything they have written. They have not left anything unsaid for speculation. Its narrow reasonings and erring impressions, its bottomless, aggressive ignorance and its petty, self-confident knowledge. The human mind shut in the prison of its half-lit obscurity cannot follow the many-sided freedom of the steps of the divine Shakti. The rapidity and complexity of her vision and action outrun its tumbling comprehension. The measures of her movement are not its measures. Bewildered by the swift alteration of her many different personalities, sometimes she comes to us as Maheshwari pouring knowledge. At another time, like Kali, she breaks all that formation. At a third time, she reveals to us in the charming grace and love of Mahalakshmi. And at another time, she turns us assiduously towards the little, little spots which have to be touched by the light. So bewildered by the swift alteration of her many different personalities, her making of rhythms and her breaking of rhythms, her accelerations of speed and her retardations, her varied ways of dealing with the problems of one and of another, her taking up and dropping now of this line and now of that one, and her gathering of them together, it will not recognize the way of the supreme power when it is circling and sweeping upwards through the maze of the ignorance to a supernal light. 
we cannot understand. We are face to face with infinity. What is our mind? It dropped before the ocean. Can it measure? Amakishna Paramans used to say, you take a salt doll and want to measure the ocean. What is going to happen? <laughs> so what should we do? Open rather your soul to her. And be content to feel her with the psychic nature. And see her with the psychic vision that alone can make a straight response to the truth. Smubai told us about responding to truth. What part can know? Not this. The straight response to truth. Then the mother herself will enlighten by their psychic elements in your mind and heart and life and physical consciousness and reveal to them too her ways and her nature. Avoid also the error of the ignorant mind's demand on the divine power to act always according to our crude surface notions of omniscience and omnipotence. If mother is divine, I must get instantly cured of a pain in my neck. This is not surrender. If mother is divine, why don't I immediately get experience? This is far from surrender. For our mind clamors to be impressed at every turn by miraculous power and easy success and dazzling splendor. It's a game. It's so beautiful. Otherwise, is it cannot believe that here is the divine. The only criteria we have for the divine is give me what I want. <laughs> when we are little kids in nursery class of the soul, he does that. But when we are graduating, he does just the opposite. He says, I'll give you only myself. Ask anything else I am not going to give you. What a delight. So, if he has started this other process, know that he has crossed you through the higher secondary levels. <laughs> there are conditions, but even that she gives, but why? There are problems. There are conditions that have been laid down by a supreme will. There are many tangled knots that have to be loosened and cannot be cut abruptly asunder. There are knots of nature that have to be slowly worked upon. The Asura and Rakshasa hold this evolving earthly nature and have to be met and conquered on their own terms in their own long conquered fief and province. The human in us has to be led and prepared to transcend its limits and is too weak and obscure to be lifted up suddenly to a form far beyond it. That's why. There's the difficulty of nature. One part wants mother, another wants to be happy with its humanness and the third says, ah, good, let the asuras run riot inside us. So this is the problem. She can break everything in one moment, but it is disastrous, the Evolution will stop. So if you follow your mind, it will not recognize the mother even when she is manifest before you. Follow your soul and not your mind, your soul that answers to the truth, not your mind that leaps at appearances. Trust the divine power 
and she will free the godlike elements in you and shape all into an expression of divine nature and now comes the master word we have spoken so far of two paths the path of tapasya and the path of surrender perhaps that's how it is in spiritual life but about supramental life shubindo leaves nothing to chance the supramental change is a thing decreed and inevitable in the evolution of the earth consciousness for its upward ascent is not ended and mind is not its last summit but that the change may arrive take form and endure there is needed the call from below with a will to recognize and not deny the light when it comes and there is needed the sanction of the supreme from above the power that mediates between the sanction and the call is the presence and power of the divine mother he ends with something which leaves nothing to ambiguity the mother's power and not any human endeavor and tapasya we spoke so far of tapasya and surrender ashwabindu is telling us something there's a new creation no human tapasya can reach beyond the point new creation has to be done by the creatrix so it's simple logic to it if human mind wants to give a logic the mother's power and not any human endeavor and tapasya can alone rend the lid and tear the covering and shape the vessel and bring down into this world of obscurity and falsehood and death and suffering truth and light and life divine and the immortals ananda his soul was freed and given to her alone savitri so thank you if there is any questions still after this <laughs> ask her <laughs>